1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
2: and a member FDSE. Coming up on today's show, we share our favorite Drake and Super Bowl stories. Give our favorite DraftKing bets and picks for Super Bowl Sunday.
1: And we talk about the best and worst coaching hires of the past few weeks
2: all of this and much much more in this gang bang niner gang friendly drake super bowl story share an episode of the tomahawk show i would be honored if you play football for this team Me play football now most of you have been playing this game for 10 years you got two more quarters and after that most of you will never play this game again
1: why are you smiling because i love football Balls fun. Fun sir. fun, sir. It's fun. You sure. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the World Famous Tomahawk. I am your host, Andrew Hawkins. Uh, the show is brought to you by the good folks, at the DraftKings Network and Metal Ark Media. I am joined, as always, by the humblest of all co-hosts, Joe Thomas, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Mr. 369, 10 Pro Bowls, a bunch of all pros, NFL all decade team. Th-
2: three kids. Roughly. We roughly. round when you have more than three.
1: Three. That's like, that's roughly three four, kids. Five, somewhere in there. Yeah, three and a possible. Um, and all Mr. Everything. And this is Super Bowl week. This is my favorite week here on the Tomahawk Show for a lot of reasons. We've had a lot of fond memories of the Tomahawk Show here. We are joined by the first lady of THS, uh, Fat Nat. Three Ts on Twitter if you're looking for her. She is in the building. She is elated because her favorite team, is the san francisco 49ers joe and i's favorite team are the browns and i also root for the Bengals. fat also fat also roots for the browns there's a lot of emotions here i'm not going to kick it to fat i'm going to try to go as long as i can without giving fat the mic today joe
2: because
1: i know she's going to be insufferable but question joe what is your your fondest memory as a player in the super bowl
2: uh my fondest memory playing in the super bowl is the multitude of times when the confetti was falling on my head and it was overwhelming i almost felt like i was drowning in the ocean that's probably my favorite as a player and uh as a media member i actually did get to do the post game with chris rose at the super bowl that was in la and that was awesome because our green room was right next to Snoop dogs and i feel like i was a little intimidated <laughs> In the post game, because there was so much weed smoke coming from his green room, and we also followed his golf cart as we were going on to the field for the post game show. So, if I said anything I shouldn't have, you can send the complaints all the way to Snoop Dogg.
1: <laughs> I was just kidding, I know you didn't play in a Super Bowl, but you what? are. What are, are you? Do you think when people think of like most surprising, where are you at on the list of players most surprising to never have played in a Super Bowl or even? made the playoffs you've never played in a playoff game joe which is a travesty because i'm not exaggerating when i say i think you were the best left tackle to ever play the game of football so to never even step foot in the postseason is wild when i've played in three playoff games it's you know it really is a luck of the draw do you being honest do you have regrets that you've never played in a super bowl like in what level is it all jokes aside
2: that paints quite the picture of the unfortunate career that I had when even a player as crappy as Andrew Hawkins has played in three playoff games, but I've never (laughs) even played in one. And I actually kind of take it as a badge of honor right now because I think it was USA Today a few years ago wrote a big article how I was the biggest loser of all time, the best loser of all time, because making the Hall of Fame, um, and they went through kind of my stats a number of all star games and they compared it to other sports and players that had similar resume that didn't make uh, a playoff or a postseason appearance and I think I was clearly the best of all time that has never played in the playoffs, but yet made the Hall of Fame as a professional. So that's really a badge of honor, and I'm actually kind of quite proud now that I had no success during my career because I can just add it to one more (laughs) list of Nobel Prizes that I've won uh, with the Tomahawk Show.
1: Man, Mr. Owen 16, you are the biggest loser in the NFL, but you are a winner here at the Tomahawk Show. I escaped two Owen 16 seasons. Number one, I was an intern scout with the Detroit Lions in 2008. And at the end of my internship, which is, was in September, they offered me a full-time position to stay on through the rest of the year. I passed on it because I thought I could still play in the NFL. So I escaped that 0-16 season. After our 2016 season, we were 1-15. Famously, the next season, the Browns went on to go 0-16. That's when I asked for my release and eventually retired. Um, someone who is not used to losing as of late because she is a 49ers fan. Fat Nat is in the building. Fat, okay, it's Super Bowl. We'll give you the mic. How are you feeling this week? Are you going to the game? What is your confidence level going against Patrick Mahomes in the Swifties?
0: Um, I'm so excited. I can't believe this is like five days away. This is unreal. Um, it feels like it's not really happening, but I'm excited. I am a little nervous, not going to lie. You have to be nervous going against Pat Mahomes, but I'm not going to the game because if I were, I would have to probably like sell my entire estate that I don't have. And like my dump out my whole savings because literally I looked at tickets and the cheapest one is like, $9,000, which is actually crazy, but it's in Vegas. So I get it. But no, I'm not going. I will be watching from either the comfort of my couch or somewhere at a bar getting, having fun, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, getting wasted. You can say, I I don't know where I was going
0: with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Joe, all right. So Patrick Mahomes takes on the 49ers. I mean, I feel like the entire sports media world has debated this to no end the entire season. All we talked about is how the Chiefs are done. They have no wide receivers. The dynasty is over. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey's getting old, all the things, and yet here we are again. Looking at the matchup, is there a side that you favor, and if so, why?
2: So guys that are great during their career but never had a lot of success, didn't win a championship, a.k.a. like a Kevin Durant, Um, and they go to a super team, they win a championship. It's great, but it's kind of like, well, they had to go somewhere else to do it. The circumstances that Patrick Mahomes had this season where he doesn't have the receiving core, that he doesn't have the, the team around him that he used to, they didn't play great during the regular season, they had to kind of win at the end of the season to even get into the playoffs. And all of a sudden now they're sitting here on the precipice of winning another Super Bowl to me. So much more for his legacy than anything that he's done before this. And this season is going to be one of the seasons that I think is talked about when he's in that conversation of who is the greatest NFL player of all time, him or Tom Brady. So props to Patrick Mahomes for the season that he had, because this has propelled him into that conversation now with Tom Brady already in his young career. With that being said, I think he's going to lose. And I'm happy to say it because I'm on the bang, bang 49 gang wagon whatever we're saying whoa whoa, whoa. it is was, a lot of german this week it
1: is not oh. the 49er gangbang joe uh, you beautiful. butchered that <laughs> <of
2: Austria. laughs> what is it I'm, too much german has only made me worse than english
0: oh my god that was great no all i'm right. not i'm not correcting you because that we just have to leave it as it that that's, was
1: just, cool. gonna, that's just what it is from that one all right so you so you're picking the 49ers my head wants to pick the 49ers. Actually, my heart wants to pick the 49ers. My head wants is telling me Patrick Mahomes. I, I just have a hard time. I do feel like he's at Tom Brady status. And you remember when Tom Brady would play? And I, as a matter of fact, we were on Radio Row one year. I think we were with Twitter. And Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl, and we were going through the picks. And by this time, every celebrity, every football player that we brought on We asked them to make their pick and their analysis. They would all say how all signs pointed to the other team winning, but they wouldn't pick against Tom Brady. And ultimately Tom Brady ended up winning. But that's where I feel like Patrick Mahomes is, that everything that I look at on the film between the two teams, where the holes are, where the blind spots are, tell me that the 49ers – should walk away with the W. But I have a really hard time betting against Patrick Mahomes. My question is distractions. We know he's had some trouble with his father, his family, some things going on in the last two weeks. The worst time for any of that to happen. And if you're a player, that stuff does affect you. I know people like to think that when the headline pops up and people stop talking about it, it moves on. Joe, you can attest to this. Like, that stuff does throw off your preparation. We are creatures of habit in the NFL. We are um, rulers of routine. And any little thing that pops up to throw that routine off absolutely does affect the game on Sundays.
2: Yeah, I have had a lot of family issues, especially lately. I'm out here in Munich. My parents just came out here, and it's really affecting my prep for my Super Bowl because (laughs) I've been doing a lot of touring through the city and going to beer gardens and day drinking, and it's really been challenging. But I'll say this about Patrick Mahomes. He's dealt with distractions since he got to the NFL, right? One of the things that he's had to deal with was his brother, right? I mean, he was a big distraction doing a lot of things on TikTok, doing some potentially disrespectful things on the field. and games. He's made a big deal uh, outside of the football field. And Patrick has always played just fine throughout it. You know, he had some distractions with his wife. And so I think the experience that he's had, one, being in the Super Bowl, so the moment's not going to be too big for him. And two, dealing with distractions within his family previously, I don't think it's going to become any bigger issue than any normal week for him, uh, because of that experience that he can lean on and because he's dealt with these minefields before. But to your point, like as a player, especially a player that hasn't been to the Super Bowl, like this is the biggest moment of your life. And it's very easy to be a creature of habit and routine, but also the more you are a creature of habit, the more you freak out when the tiniest little thing changes that Mm -hmm. routine and changes that habit and nothing changes your routine more than a two week break before the super bowl, where it becomes a bowl trip essentially because there's no other games throughout an NFL season where you actually go there a week in advance, even a lot of the international games right now, the teams are only going a couple of days in advance or playing the game and they're getting out of there. So this is a game unlike any other for an NFL player and the most easy to become distracted and irritated and annoyed by the tiniest little things, even though you're trying to make them not affect you and not affect your own preparation and your focus on the game.
1: Well said. Okay, well we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk some over-under and in, in the bets going into the Super Bowl. Everybody loves to bet on the Super Bowl, so we would be remiss not to be talking about that here on the Tomahawk Show. We're going to wait to take our Super Bowl picks until later on in the show. So sit tight. We'll be back in a moment.
0: The
1: Welcome back to the Tomahawk Show Super Bowl edition. Um, funny Super Bowl party stories. When I believe the Super Bowl was in Dallas – This might have been my first Super Bowl week as an NFL player. Um, It was, like, 2011. We were at some club. Obviously, I couldn't get in. I hadn't even played my first NFL season. Like, this was, like, February, and I had signed with the St. Louis Rams, like, January 11th. So... I am fresh to the running around the town saying I play in the NFL. And I was very proud of that, by the way. I was,
2: I mean, You're no one wear so issue gear. Like, you know, the college <laughs> yes. kids, like when they're freshmen, exactly, they wear nothing but their issue gear. Yeah, Every and, campus and- party, every <laughs> single library visit, every study, all every class that was Hawk. Only this was uh, as a professional making real money. So he was and- acting twice as of a foolish. And by issued
1: gear, you mean the gear that I wouldn't bought from Dick Sporting Goods because I hadn't gotten any gear yet. So I bought this stuff myself to make sure everyone knew, hey, look who's in the NFL. So obviously I wasn't able to get into whatever party this was. And I'm talking, it was like wall to wall packed against this door. People could not even move. Like they're not letting anybody in. They're at capacity. And I'm like, dang, how do I get in here? And so I'm looking around. I see Carrie Hilson, who was a famous R&B singer. She's in line. I look to my left. Nick Cannon has an entourage. He can't get in. So I'm like, okay, I got to get smart here. So I walk around the back of the club. I end up in, like, the trash can area, and some janitor is smoking a cigarette. And I was like, hey. He was like, what's up, man? I pulled out a $100 bill, and I'm like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Let me walk through that back door. He said, I would have did it for 50. He grabbed a hundred, put it in his pocket. Okay. Beautiful. So I'm in the club. So I'm trying to find my way to the dance floor or like the main area. I don't have a wristband, a stamp. So I'm like being very careful. So I'm up this back stairway and I'm like now on top. It's like a two-floor club. And there's nobody on the top section. This is like a VIP, but you can look over the dance floor. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna hang out up here until the coast is clear and then i just i'll just proceed as if i'm coming out of the bathroom or something so i'm looking over and about 5 minutes people started like flowing up to this section and like a lot of people and then like big dudes with suits started like sectioning the section off so i'm in the section and they're putting the ropes on the other side and <laughs> about 5 minutes rapper slim thug comes in And he's inside the section. He's got his people. So he's to the left of me. And I'm like, I'm trying to play it cool. I've reached down to the table. I pick up a drink. And I'm like, I cannot have a drink. And then I look super suspicious. So I'm sitting there. Then Singer Tank, he comes into the section. He's got an entourage. Now there's more security guards. So they all have their own security, but they're all together. Lastly, Drake comes in. Now, this is 2011 Drake. He was big, but he's not as big as he was now, but he was still a pretty big deal. So he comes in. He has the most bodyguards. So I'm literally in this section. I was the first person in there before anybody was on this floor, and the whole party has, like, formed around me. Naturally, as as an NFL player who had been an NFL player for about three and a half weeks at that point, I pull out my phone. And I start snapping, like, pictures. Uh (laughs) Alarm bells go off, right? Everyone starts to look. Drake looks over. He whispers to somebody to his right. Slim thugs, people, they kind of shake their head. They go to take. So you can see, now I'm seeing the question being asked. Like, who the hell is this dude? Is he with you? Once it makes the full spin, all the eyes are on me. So instead of letting the bodyguards come and throw me out, I start to try to just walk out. They don't uh, They don't let that happen. They grab <laughs> a shoulder. Like, Yo, you got to get out of here. I'm leaving, man. And so they all escorted me out, and I ended up getting kicked out of the club because I also didn't have a wristband or a stamp. But that was my story <laughs> how I met Drake,
2: and I partied with Stard during the Super Bowl, Joe. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if they thought maybe you were Kevin Hart at the beginning when they started, like, <laughs> sectioning things off. You were kind of like that porpoise that caught, got caught in the fishing nets when the fishermen are fishing for, like, sardines and mackerels, you know. They just, like, accidentally scooped you up, and they're like, no, nah, we don't know what to do with this guy. I guess we'll just <laughs> keep him on the boat until somebody boots him out of here. But it's interesting. We both have Drake Super Bowl stories because it probably was, like, 2013 or 14. So he was a little bit bigger then, and we were in New York City. It was me and Alex Mack. And we were outside uh, of one of the big clubs and we had our own bodyguards. We kind of like stumbled into it somehow because these dudes from North Carolina drove like a big suburban up to New York city. Cause it was their big plan. Hey, we'll meet at NFL players. We'll be like their bodyguards for the weekend. We'll drive them around to all the parties. We'll make a ton of money. Well, <laughs> after like the first three nights, they didn't find anybody. So they found me and Alex Mack and my agent, Peter Schaefer. Uh, we were at the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. We're not going to any really fancy parties. We're not getting in. We'll give you a couple hundred bucks for the night, right? Like it's worth it in New York City during the Super Bowl, especially because right, you think right. a taxi, uh, even if you were Drake. So we're standing outside. We our bodyguards are talking to the doorman. Which, by the way, instead of spending that hundred dollars. To get into the club like when you're at some of these clubs all you got to do is hire somebody who's really big and he can be your bodyguard even if he's not really a bodyguard but if you're a dude that has a bodyguard go talk to the bouncer you're like 99 more likely to get in when somebody else is talking <laughs> on your behalf so maybe just hire your brother or a cousin or something Smart. like that that's a good tip to try to weasel your way into these parties but so my bodyguards are talking to the uh the bouncer They're a little bit like, "Eh, I don't know, these these fat white dudes from Cleveland. I don't know if we really want them (laughs) in this type of party. All of a sudden, like we get like bulldozed right out of the way. I get like knocked damn near to the pavement. And I look to the side. Sure enough, there's some giant bodyguards. And uh, sure enough, right behind them is Drake. And I remember at the time Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football was our quarterback. And him and Drake were buddies. But this Mm -hmm. is also the time where was it amanda Bynes or one of these singers was like obsessed
1: yeah with, amanda Bynes right? is obsessed with drake on and twitter she, for like uh six months
2: said, yeah like i want you to murder my <laughs> or something like that yeah right? that was like that her for
1: the folks i hope. yeah
2: yeah that was like her her little quote and i remember that and i i knew at that point we weren't getting in and so i kind of wanted to just say something funny to drake as he walked by and then no, maybe that's a bad idea. he would look and be like Hey, what the fuck? I'd be like, hey, I'm boys with Johnny Football. Let me in, you know. Finally, I get something good out of having Johnny Football as my quarterback, maybe. <laughs> uh, bad plan, by the way. So, as soon as I said, hey, Drake, I want you to murder my – Why this
1: would you – Hold on, hold on. Can we pause for a second? Swift of Ryan. all the things, Joe, why would you decide to ride with that comment to Drake? <laughs>
2: Well, you know, sometimes it's like being in school and you don't have anything to say to the hot girl and uh, you like kind of clam up and you just say the first thing that comes to your mind and you know it's not going to work, but you feel like if you just turn around and walk away, your pride and your ego will be damaged uh, with without repair. So in that moment, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. So I went with that. Well, of course, he just keeps going. He doesn't pay any attention while his big bodyguards turn around. And all of a sudden, I have never heard a string of F-bombs on a tirade in my entire life. And the offensive line coaches, they have an ability to swear a little bit. And, and me and Alex are big guys. I mean, these guys were looking at us right in the eye. And they squared up. And they said, we, you we, we don't talk that. <clears throat> I'm going to come down there and <laughs> kill you, motherfucker. And, like, and all of a sudden, like, I kind of bowed up because I felt a little disrespected. I didn't feel like that was called for to tell me you're going to kill me. Like, we are just trying to have a little fun. So I started firing back at them. I start like all of a sudden I kind of saw red a little bit and I started firing back at him. And that's when my good bodyguards they finally earned their money and they they grabbed me and Alex and pulled us out of there and they go, those dudes Great. guys have those those guys, like those guys have guns. We need to get the hell out of here. So we quickly went into the beater suburban and got the hell out of there and went to some Irish pub. It sounds
1: like your bodyguards ended up working for Drake because yeah, probably. They threw you out.
2: Wow. They threw me out of the club.
0: That's pretty good. Sounds like you guys were both just fangirling and both got thrown out of Drake's vicinity. So I didn't.
2: I that. wasn't fangirling though. I was there
1: first, Matt. I I, I, I was, was there tough. first. I That's detest true. being a fangirl because I was just like, hey, <laughs> they, the party came to me. I was this was my <laughs> section. Did I pay for it?
2: Yeah, I paid a guy hundred bucks behind a <laughs> trash can. That's legit money. So hey, you're my section, Drake. Get the hell out here. Right. I didn't invite <laughs> you. <laughs> one day, one day
1: we're gonna go to the Super Bowl, Joe. And we are going to be the stars, man. I I, I believe that. We are going to be able to get in wherever we want to one day soon. All right. So speaking of Super Bowl, we want to make sure we get into talking a little bit of betting.
0: Here comes the money. Here
1: with their friends at DraftKings. Uh, Betting on a Super Bowl is like the funnest thing in the world. My specific favorite topics are how long the national anthem plays, what color Gatorade is going to be poured on the winning coach, And mostly because I feel like those two are really easy to figure out the answer of because whoever's singing the national Anthem, like you can go find times that they've sung the national Anthem and say, oh, okay, well this is around the time they sing it. That doesn't really deviate. And also the Gatorade. Like there's information that you're like, yo, you can watch a game and see what color Gatorade does a team typically drink. And I feel like because of those things, They're just a little bit more in my wheelhouse. Right now, getting to the football side of it, Nat, we're going to kick it to you and let you give us the over-under on some real statistics that take real analysis. And me and Joe, we're going to try our best to use our football brains and not our buffoon brains to give you which we're picking, over or under, and the reason why. This is presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code LAF because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours, Nat. Take it away. What do we got first?
0: All right. First up, we have our passing yards bet. We have Brock Purdy over or under 246.5 yards.
1: Mm, I'll let Joe go first here. Joe, what do you got?
2: So, because I let the beans spill and build magazine here in Germany, the number one magazine, which also happens to be a tabloid, which I was on the cover of the sports section today, no big deal. Picking the <laughs> San Francisco 49ers, I know that they're going to get a lead early and they're going to sit on it and run the football. So, therefore, Brock Purdy's not going to throw for that many yards mm. because he's not going to have to. So, I'm taking the under.
1: Yeah, I like that pick. I was going to say the same thing because we know the 49ers are a running football team and the opportunity against the chiefs is to run the football that's what the ravens did not do. Kyle Shanahan will not make that mistake. He is going to run a lot and he is not going to put the game in Brock Purdy's arm. Not because he doesn't trust him, but because he doesn't have to. Next up, Nat.
0: All right, on the flip side, Patrick Mahomes over or under 261.5 yards.
1: Man, I'm going to go first. I'm here. going to go over. I'm going to go over. I don't want to tease my pick, but I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be throwing the football a lot. It's going to rely on whether or not the 49ers pass rush can get to him, and this is, like, the better pass rush that Patrick Mahomes has seen with Young, uh, Osa, Warner in the front seven. So I know they're going to be sending a lot at him, but if you watch the Ravens game, who also had a great pass rush, they just couldn't get to him, and they knew when he was throwing the ball – they couldn't get him off rhythm. They couldn't get them when they sent pressure. They couldn't sit them when they just sent four. And I think Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Andy Reid's whole strategy is going to be the exact opposite of what I just said. The ball is in your hands. If you ball, we win. If you don't, we won't. What you got next, Nat? Or my bad, Joe, your turn. Whoa, well,
2: thanks a lot. You're cutting me off. I got some great material here for the Tomahawk <laughs> because this is the most no-brainer bet that I've seen on the Super Bowl thus far because – I don't see any situation where Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw for more than that, because let's just think about the two situations. Hey, they're losing Patrick Mahomes throws the whole game. He's going to throw for like 400. Hey, they're winning and they're going to win the game. It's because Patrick Mahomes threw for a lot of yards and put him in that situation. So, I'm really surprised that this number isn't a lot higher. And this is one of those bets where I would love to take this straight up. And then I would parlay it with some of the other bets because mm. you're just about damn near certain that he is going to throw for a lot of yards over 300. That first number is going to be over three. And then you got a chance to make a lot of money by betting on some of the other stuff. No, yeah.
0: I
1: like that. I like that. What we got next Nat?
0: All right. We have passing TDs for both Brock and Pat Mahomes over or under 1.5.
1: Same TD for both of them. Um, Joe, you go first.
2: I like the under for Brock Purdy and the over for Mahomes, but that's just sort of like thinking about, well, he's probably going to have some passing touchdowns He's probably going to have more rushing touchdowns for Brock Purdy and uh, that Niners offense. But this one's tough because it can be so random. You can have a crappy game as a quarterback, or you can just be running the football all day, and you get down to the end zone, and you flip it to your tight end on a shovel pass, and you get credit with a touchdown. So I like to stay away personally from touchdown passes because it really is a crapshoot.
1: Mm, okay, I'm going to go with under for Purdy, and I'm going to go with over for Mahomes. same yeah, I'm going to go over. Way to make it I'm, dramatic. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go over with Mahomes. The, the question I have is that I think, in order for Mahomes to go over, I don't see, I see, I know, I think he guaranteed gets a touchdown to Travis Kelsey. I don't feel as confident about two touchdowns to Travis Kelsey, which means it's going to have to come in the form of NVS, Watson, or Pacheco out of the backfield. And that's where I'm less confident. I do feel like the chiefs are going to play better than people expected. And that means they're going to be throwing the football effectively. So I have to go over two on that. All right. Rushing yards. What do we got Nat?
0: Rushing yards. We'll do a couple of these. Isaiah Pacheco over or under
2: 66.5.
1: Quick answer for me. I'm going under I think Patrick Mahomes is throwing it a lot, Joe.
2: Yeah, I'm going under. I think Andy Reid realizes they win or lose with Patrick Mahomes, arm and Pacheco is not going to make much of a difference. So he's not going to get that many carries. Hmm. How about
0: Christian McCaffrey over under 90.5?
2: I'm going under. I think the
1: Chiefs are going to have a better plan than people expect against their run game. I think he's probably going to do a lot more in the passing game and the receiving, but I don't think he rushes for over 90, Joe.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say he's over. I I think he's going to be a big part of the game plan, and even though Andy Reid's going to try to dial it in, like Kyle Shanahan's been saving stuff since OTAs in 2014 in Cleveland that he could draw up for a guy like Christian McCaffrey. He's going to put it out there, and the defense is not going to be ready for it. So I think Christian McCaffrey has a big game.
0: How about Brock Purdy, over or Mm. under
1: (laughs) 12.5? I'm going under. (laughs) which is disgusting that people are betting on a 12.5 over under on a rushing yards. It's disrespectful, but he's not going to go over that. I don't even think he's going to try to take off. He might get one first down for around on like a, a third and six. He's going to pull it down. I don't think he goes over 12 and a half, Joe.
2: It's under for sure. You may want to add this in your parlay with over on the Patrick Mahomes' passing yards because Rock Perry remembers what happened last year and why they didn't win the Super Bowl because he got hurt. And now it wasn't him running the football, but he's going to be very conscious of, hey, I don't want to take any unnecessary hits. So he ain't running with the football. He's getting rid of it. He's getting the ball out of his hands, whether it's touchdown, checkdown, or out of bounds, because he doesn't want to get walloped and have to miss the Super Bowl and have two years in a row being on the sideline watching his team lose.
0: All right. Patrick Mahomes over or under 25.5 yards.
1: I'm going to go over. I think he's going to have a big passing day and he's going to take advantage of them not putting a spy on him and he's going to be sneaky athletic and rush for over there. Joe,
2: what do you got? Yeah, I got the over. I think he gets so many times dropping back to pass the ball that he's pretty sneaky athletic, like you said, and he's pretty shifty in the open field. He's kind of tough to tackle. And so I think he can scramble for a, a few times and probably have 30, 40 yards rushing pretty easily. mm-hmm
0: all right, so what will be the position of the Super Bowl MVP? You guys make your picks, and then we can give the line.
2: Patrick Mahomes is going to win the
1: Super Bowl MVP.
0: We have quarterback at minus two hundred forty five right now.
1: Boom! So it's it's that's the best odds, right, yep. between him and, and Purdy? Yeah. I might be
2: teasing what my pick is, Nat. I'm sorry, <laughs> Joe. Who you got? What position wins Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a big night, but it's it's going to be Brock Purdy, like you got to do something outrageous and your quarterback's kind of got to stink and you got to win the game which is pretty improbable in order for a non-quarterback to win the super bowl mvp so i got uh brock purdy winning for the niners beautiful,
0: beautiful answer how about the length of the longest drive of the game over or under 77.5 yards
1: oh the longest drive i'm going over i'm going over I don't really have any analysis for you, but I just feel like it's going over. That's like a luck thing. You can't really like, you can't really analyze when there's going to be a long drive and how long it is. Right, Joe, or am I wrong?
2: I don't know how you'd analyze it. I actually think it's going to be the under as well because typically if you receive the kickoff, right, it's a touchback, so you get it on the 25. So that's 75 or less. And it's, it's kind of rare to be able to go for a drive where you get like pinned back and take it all the way to the end zone, especially in the Super Bowl. Like as much as, these are great offenses. Like it seems like defenses always show up pretty tough in the Super Bowl. And you don't have those long drives that sometimes you get when there's a huge mismatch between the teams during the regular season. I think we'll have some 75 yarders, no doubt, off of a touchback, but I don't think we're gonna get like a situation where a punt or a kickoff or something really pins them back and they are able to take it the distance into the end zone.
1: Mm, I agree. All right. All right, last all right. one, that.
0: Will there be more passing touchdowns or field goals made?
1: Mm. I'm giving this to Joe first because I need time to think.
2: Ah, this is a good one. I actually think it's going to be passing touchdowns because Shanahan's always aggressive. He's always staying aggressive. And I think he's not going to settle for field goals because he's worried about Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Conversely. Andy Reid's going, hey, man, if we're going to beat this team, we feel like we're undergun because of how balanced they are, how good they are all around. We need Patrick Mahomes at his best if we're going to win. We need to score seven, so they're not settling for three either.
1: I'm going to go with Moore because if I think there's going to be two passing touchdowns from Mahomes, and I went under for Brock Purdy with one passing touchdown, I think there's going to be more than three field goals in this game. Um, so two really good defenses, bend but don't break defenses, I think they're going to be stout, and it's going to be, yeah, I'm going more. I like that one. See, you got to make all your bets make sense. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will get into our Super Bowl picks and some more pretty funny Super Bowl stories. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tomahawk Show. It is time for a new segment that we're calling Love It or Hate It. It's a new game where we share football news, and the crew shares whether they love it or hate it. It's very, very hard to understand, so I'm glad that I spent the time to explain exactly what it means, Tama Flock. Now that you're all up to date, we are going to talk coaching changes. In recent weeks, there have been coaches fired, coaches hired, vacancies filled, marquee names that are still searching and on the employment line, and we're going to break it all down. Fat Nat is going to read the statement. Joe and I are going to go into whether we love it or hate it and why. Fat Nat, take it away.
0: Okay, so fresh off winning the NCAA College Championship, Jim Harbaugh is now officially the head coach of the Chargers. Do we love it or hate it?
1: We love it. We love it for so many reasons. And I think that Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers will be in the Super Bowl within four years um, and win one within six. That, that is my prediction, because I think I am a big Jim Harbaugh fan. I've never played for him. I don't have any connection to him. But when I look at the success he's had at every level and everywhere he goes, he's turned Michigan around. We saw what he did with his 49ers and his tenure there. And, yes, he's a quirky guy who only cares about football. The biggest piece of evidence I have that he's a great coach is that all his former players swear by him and all of his quarterbacks were their best under him and i think that is exactly what someone like justin herbert needs joe
2: yeah if i'm a chargers fan i love it because jim harbaugh is a culture builder right everywhere he goes he's flipped the culture on its head he's built a rock solid foundation he gets the most out of his players and coaches yes he wears a lot of people thin and he might as well in la with the chargers but he's got one of the best young quarterbacks in the game he's got a lot of talent he's in la which Brings a lot of extra eyeballs and excitement and money. And so they should have the wallet wide open for Jim Harbaugh to be able to spend to get what he needs to put it in place to build a great foundation for Justin Herbert. Now, I hate it, though, for me and for everybody else that was a college football fan because Jim Harbaugh was one of the best things about college football. We just lost Nick Saban as well who was always interesting and always entertaining. And I always had somebody to cheer against when Nick Saban was coaching college football. So it's sad that he's gone. And now you lose this great, quirky, weird personality in Jim Harbaugh. And I hate it for the Big Ten too, because really, unfortunately for fans of the Big Ten, like myself, like the Big Ten really wasn't relevant recently because of the sec dominance and some of the acc dominance uh until jim harbaugh came there and he made big 10 football relevant again and of course the year after he wins national title he's out of there and now in the big 10 we're wondering who's going to be in that power structure who's going to be the power struggle that keeps the big 10 relevant because ohio state thus far hasn't really proven that they can play with the big boys in the sec and the acc the top teams in college football
1: Let's double-click on that. The college football coaches all leaving. Saban retires. um, Harbaugh jumps. Uh, Hackney, who was one of our coaches in Cleveland, who was the head coach of Boston College, he left as the head coach to go be a D coordinator with Green Bay. You are seeing an exodus from college coaches because the scuttlebutt is that they don't know how to handle NIL. Recruiting is year-round. Like, And even when you have a player you land, You have to continually recruit him because if he does bad, he's going to find a new home. If he does good, he's going to find a new home. Do you buy that coaches uh, are running for the heels from college football because it is the wild, wild west and they don't know how to adapt?
2: Yeah, I think it's tough, especially if you have the opportunity to go make more money and coach adults and not have to do any of the recruiting and of the NIL and of the holding hands of the boosters to raise money. Like it's a much better, more lucrative, more enjoyable job coaching in pro football. Um, I see it firsthand, right? I've become pretty close with Luke Fickle, who's the head coach at Wisconsin. I got a lot of friends on the coaching staff there. And it's a tough gig, man. It's frustrating because like you mentioned, you got to recruit your own players and the next class you got to try to figure out the NIL world it's it's very difficult and i think the NCAA definitely needs to do a good job of trying to figure out how do we make this fair so that players still have the rights to their own name image and likeness they can make money that based on the value that they bring to their team which i think it was a crime that the NCAA was had taken that away from him in the past but moving more towards some type of an NFL system and organizing it a lot better would do good for college football. And it would do do good by these coaches who really don't really know how to do their own job to try to bring these players in and make their team as successful as possible. And so I think the more success that some of these guys get in college football, the more likely they are to go bold for the NFL.
1: Mm. You've taken away the value prop of coaching college kids over NFL players, and now they're just all NFL players. So you're like, well, I might as well go to the NFL. All right, Nat, what's next?
0: Okay, Antonio Pierce was named interim head coach of the Raiders this season and gained the support of his players. The Raiders went 5-4 and with him as coach, and last week he was hired. Do we love it or hate it?
1: I'll give it to Joe first. Joe, you love it or hate it?
2: I love it. You know, one of the things that I've always hated about the NFL is when a head coach gets fired early in the season or the midpoint of the season, the interim coach comes in and we've mentioned it here on the show before. Right? Usually the interim coach gives a little pop, right? Because everybody hated the fucking guy that they had before. And they love the new guy that got <laughs> put in after the mutiny. And they usually play hard for him for a couple of weeks, but it does seem that AP in, in uh, Las Vegas for the Raiders did a great job. Like, throughout the entire season. It wasn't just a little bit of a pop and he seems to be the right personality that fits the Raiders culture, the mentality uh, for Mark Davis. And I'm I'm glad that it wasn't just lip service out of the Raiders where they really were giving him a shot to become the head coach because I think they made, made the mistake a couple of years ago when um, Rich Bisaccia did a great job, let him do the playoffs as the head coach. It seemed like he was a guy that earned his ability to become the head coach and what they do after the season, they fired him. They put a guy in place that ended up being a bozo and he got fired like two years later. So um, props to Mark Davis for doing the right thing and, and hiring AP as the head coach uh, long-term for the Las Vegas Raiders. I like
1: it. I I love it. I mean, I, I, I think the NFL, it's like being a player when you get to the NFL, it's no longer about your potential. It's about what can you do when you're there? AP, no, he doesn't have the traditional coaching background That you see from head coaches And he, get, he didn't go through the traditional process But they saw something in him They made him the interim head coach And he performed well He should get an opportunity there That is the function of the interim head coach And I wish more teams went about it that same way Because then what is the point of becoming an interim head coach If you can't get in there, do well And actually walk away with the job So shout out to AP I love it Alright, we'll do one more now What do we got next?
0: All right. After flirting with hiring Bill Belichick, the Atlanta Falcons ultimately signed Raheem Morris. Do we mm-hmm. love it? Or hate did.
1: I don't want to talk about what the Falcons did. I want to talk about overall, Joe, are you surprised? And I'm sorry, Fat. I, I, after explaining these rules so intently and being very <laughs> clear to the top of block of how this is going to work, we've completely outdone all the rules. But the point I want to make is that Bill Belichick doesn't have a job. It doesn't surprise me, but Joe, Are you surprised that nobody signed up for the Bill Belichick experience?
2: I am surprised, not because I think it would be a good idea, but NFL owners have this weird way about them where they fall in love with the idea of somebody being their head coach of somebody being in the face of their franchise and Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. And, When you're making a decision and you're one person making the decision for the whole organization, like many NFL franchises are, where you have one owner who's making the call, I am shocked that they weren't ready, no matter what the warning signs were, to be able to say, you know what, Bill Belichick can do it, he can convince himself of it. And we're going to give him the the reins because I want to be able to go to my cocktail parties and to tell people that Bill Belichick's my buddy. He here's the Super Bowl rings and he is the face of our franchise. So it surprised me that not one single job um, has been landed by Bill Belichick yet. I, I,
1: I hate it, but I'm not surprised. My point around Bill Belichick was that in his organization, he has built absolute control. It's why that it's why every coach that comes out of his tree goes elsewhere and they're not successful because they're not able to gain the level of control that Bill Belichick has in order to implement that same system. Bill Belichick is 72, he is the same age as the owners he's likely meeting with. It is a tough proposition for them, the owners, to say, Hey, we're going to come in and give you everything, all control to turn this into a winner because. How long is that going to take? How long is Bill Belichick actually going to be coaching? The questions in New England were he couldn't find an offensive coordinator to fix his offense, and he wasn't a great general manager. Who is now going to sign up for both of those things now still sitting under Belichick in a new, in, in a new establishment? And then the last thing is when he comes in, besides relinquishing control, you're relinquishing the, cre- the credit. This is a guy who will get all the credit. So it doesn't matter who your GM is. It doesn't matter who your owner is. When you walk away, that's going to be an asterisk. If he wins a Super Bowl, that's going to be his Super Bowl. Anywhere Tom Brady goes, those are Tom Brady's Super Bowls. We don't give a damn who the coach was. We don't give a damn who the coordinators were. None of them ended up getting head coaching jobs because that's Tom Brady. And I don't think teams were willing to sign up for that tenure of an experience for the amount of time that they have to figure this out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to pick NFL awards right here on the show. And we're also going to finally make our Super Bowl prediction on the Tomahawk Show. Be back in a moment. Yes, y'all, and we don't stop. All right, it's time for some NFL awards predictions. The NFL awards will be announced this Thursday, February 8th uh i feel like everybody knows who the mvp is but for the sake of exercise we're gonna go around the room and see who our picks are for mvp mine is lamar jackson i've made that very clear i think everybody feels that way fat nat who do you have winning the mvp be honest don't 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 be a biased 49er here
0: no i have lamar jackson winning even though in my heart it would be one of my niners it's okay though
1: i get it all right joe who you got mvp for the 2023 season lamar jackson All right, so we're in unison there. Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP. You can book it. All right, Offensive Player of the Year, Joe. Who is going to win that award at the NFL Honors?
2: This one's always a little bit tougher, Um, but I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. I think he'll uh, be really (laughs) well-represented. And I'm sure my daughter thinks the same thing, uh, that Christian McCaffrey it was a huge part of the success of Brock Purdy all season long. He's the most dynamic playmaker in the NFL. That's not a quarterback. So I think you're going to see his name being yelled from the podium on Thursday night.
1: Being yelled from the podium like Dad is being yelled from from, from Joe's office right now. She completely so... disagrees with that pick, clearly. She's like, no, Dad, that, that's not where you want to go with this. Fat Nat, yeah. who is going to win?
0: Oh, for the buttons. is tough. Um, I, I want to see Puka win, even though I don't think he will. But that's my pick.
1: You pick Puka. All right, now we, we're going to have a little controversy here. Puka for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Joe, who do you have for Offensive Rookie of the Year?
2: Yeah, I'd like to see Puka, too. I mean, he's got the coolest name in sports, and he did really well for my son in his fantasy league. So <laughs> I'd like to see him get some props.
1: <laughs> Nothing bonds a kid and an NFL player more than a player doing well for them for their fantasy team stefan diggs won the league for my son one year to this day he swears by everything stefan diggs does all right so you guys are picking puka which is interesting because i have cj stroud i think if all things are equal they're always going to pick a quarterback and i think cj stroud deserves it he was hurt for a little bit of time for sure but he literally had the best rookie season we've ever seen in a quarterback and i don't think they're going to bypass that to give it to puka even though puka had one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen from a wide receiver. This next one, this is the controversial one, Joe. Who wins Defensive
2: Player of the Year? Yeah, this one's going to be controversial. Uh, We all know that C.J. Stroud's going to win Rookie of the Year. It's not going to be Puka Nakua, but we'd like to dream. This one, though, I think is going to be controversial, but Miles Garrett's going to win this one. T.J. Watt had another amazing year. There's no doubt about it, but Miles was, in my opinion, more dominant throughout the entire course of the season and more difficult for offenses to deal with both run and pass.
1: I agree. And I think that this is like uh, this is like one of those you're one side of the house, other side of the house moments on Twitter because depending on what you're reading, they will give you a whole case of why T.J. Watt's not as good as Miles Garrett or while Miles Garrett isn't as good as T.J. Watt. I feel like it's going to be Miles Garrett. I feel like he has the dominance to him. I think the players picked him as their defensive player of the year and there's a real strong case to be made for TJ Watt though. So I can't even sit here and act like people are out of their mind for thinking TJ Watt is going to win another defensive or defensive player of the year. I truly think this is a 50-50 scenario. That of all the awards on NFL Honors Night, this is the one that people are truly like on the edge of their seat trying to figure out in that.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm going Miles Garrett too because hello we're at the Tomahawk show. Facts. Um I'm picking Miles Garrett, but I think I would have picked him regardless. Miles Garrett is the defensive player of the year.
1: All right, so we're in unison there as well. All right, now we're going to get to our Super Bowl pick. We have about 3 or 4 minutes left in the show. We will start with Fat Nat. Fat Nat, give me your Super Bowl pick and the score and who will be the MVP.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. Um I am well, I mean I am picking the Niners to win. I am picking MVP. I mean, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to be the MVP. I, like you had said, I don't know if Brock is going to be doing, you know, too much running, too much passing. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I mean, I think it's going to be Christian McCaffrey Um, and score. Oh God. I don't know. I feel like it's, I don't know why I feel like it's not going to be too high scoring. Maybe like, and I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say like 23 to 20.
1: Mm, 23 to 20. I don't mind that. All right. So I am picking the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win 27 to 24. I think Rasheed Rice is going to have a really big game this week. Because I feel like the Niners are going to say, hey, we're going to make Patrick Mahomes beat us with someone other than Travis Kelsey. The way that the Baltimore Ravens couldn't, Rasheed Rice, the rookie receiver, steps up big, and they win 27-24. to And Patrick Mahomes walks away with another Super Bowl MVP, Joe. This is the first time I made that pick anywhere, exclusive here to the Tomahawk Show. Joe, what do you got?
2: You may need to charge access to the show with that exclusive <laughs> hey, wow. access. Hey, to wow, baby. Andrew Hawkins' thoughts on the Super Bowl. No, it's going to be thirty-four to twenty-four. The Niners are going to win handily. I think Patrick Mahomes he'll he'll make some fight in the second half, but Niners just too balanced, too much firepower, and uh, Brock Purdy is going to be your MVP because. He's going to throw for a few yards, but he's going to be efficient, right? It's He's going to have one of those stat lines like mm. 23 for 26, 250 yards, two touchdowns, and then they're just going to hand the ball off the rest of the second half to be able to just ice the clock and uh, get that victory for Kyle Shanahan. Give him his first Super Bowl trophy. Get that ring on his finger. He deserves it.
1: I'll be really, really excited if Kyle Shanahan walks away as a Super Bowl winner. So I can't lose. That's why I picked the Chiefs <laughs> so that if the Chiefs win, I am a genius. And if the 49ers win, our friend Cal Shanahan wins his first Super Bowl. You can't go wrong. All right, that does it for this episode of the Tomahawk Show. Joe is out in Munich, Germany. Joe, give us your final thoughts. And and also, are you sad that you are not stateside for the biggest night in all of American culture?
2: Yeah, that's my final, final thoughts is not being stateside for the Super Bowl because I think it comes on at like 1230 my time. Uh, so I'm going to be watching it on replay in the morning when I wake up. And it's just sad a little bit, you know, missing the Super Bowl festivities because there's such yeah. awesome buildup. I, I love either having a party or just having like uh, the family over around the TV, watching the commercials, eating snacks. It's, there's such a tradition and a ritual to it. So it is sad that I'm going to miss it. Um, but I'm sure that the the gangbang niner gang and uh, <laughs> Fat Nat are going to be enjoying it with friends for all of us and getting crunked at the club. And maybe even Hawk sneaks in. You never know.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely sneaking into a party or two. I will report back to the Tomahawk show if I was successful. That does it for this episode of the Tomahawk show. Thank you all for joining us. As always, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Shout out to the people at the DraftKings Network and Meadowlark Media. Until next time, Fat Nat, kick us out. Joe Hawk.